This show was presented by FL Teams. Check out flteams.com, your go-to one-stop shop for all Florida sports coverage. Also, check out at FL Teams at social media. Hello, everyone. This is Haihi305. I'm your host, James. And this is the 10th episode of Haihi305. And uh, let's actually celebrate this achievement of 10 episodes in. Um, my work and to entertain you guys by talking of my chest to tell you guys South Florida news and my thoughts and opinions and a little bit of rants. Um, if you have been watching throughout, I thank you all for tuning in wherever and however you're watching uh, through FL Teams, uh, social media, Spotify, uh, and Tunes Podcast. So thank you all for tuning to watch me and to listen to me and to join the conversation. Um, for this edition, we are talking a little bit about um, Inter Miami because I think that there's some there's some interesting things that's happening with that team. You know, the playoffs. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Dolph Priest game, and um, we'll also talk about more football excitement. And um, one more thing we can talk about tonight, which is important for the future, is the Miami Heat. They have finally. Um, the schedule has been released, and we got quite to talk about with the Heat schedule. But first, we're going to talk about Inter Miami first because they have a big win against uh, New York City FC, who are the defending champions of the MLS. And that match happened on Saturday, August 13th, and Inter Miami won the game 3-2 to two for um, the new signing that recently happened from Toronto FC's 2020 MVP, Alejandro Pizzuelo, who scored twice, and one of them was actually the game winner. Morales of NYCFC actually committed a fatal error, uh, which was like a dead giveaway to um, an opposing team. And Pizzuelo capitalized on a bad pass and put the ball to the back of the net and take the lead for Inter Miami, which would lead it 3-2. Now in the first half, NYCFC had full uh, momentum into the second half, and which is the second half, Inter Miami had full advantage. So, and this is a much, much needed win because that puts us on the spot where um, we are sitting behind Orlando City and we had put ourselves at seventh place. But at this moment on, um, the playoff push is on. But right now, we are sitting at eighth place. We were seventh place a couple of days ago, but because of a tie that New England Revolution had, uh, which would put them up to 34 points in the standings because Inter-Miami and Orlando City has 33 points. Uh, the only reason that Orlando City is ahead of, of us is because they have a one-point goal differential than Inter-Miami, which is minus eight. We have minus nine, but we have the same exact Almost the same exact record, same exact points. But we are sitting eighth place. It's all, also thanks to New England Revolution with time as they moved up to sixth place. So we are in the playoff push, officially playoff push, because the next match we have Toronto FC tomorrow night, who are on a resurgence, and Orlando City is playing against Charlotte, which is a pretty, pretty – uh, good game to watch because Charlotte FC is actually behind Inter Miami, 
with a couple of standings, which sets at 32 points. So we would like a draw in the Charlotte versus Orlando game. And more importantly, we need to win this one uh, against Toronto at home because afterwards we have to go up to Red Bull Arena to play against the Rebels. And into Miami in this season alone has not been pretty good on the road. Um, they won two games on the road this season, which is in Seattle, Washington, who are really arguably one of the best teams in, in the planet in the, United, in the United States in soccer. Um, but then we went to San Jose to play them at, on the road, and we uh, beat them <clears throat> to earn ourselves three points. And we made it to Montreal, a draw of it. Thankfully, we did not lose the game. So. That is an update for Inter Miami, um, and really the playoff pushes on because uh, after that we got the Red Bulls, while Orlando City has NYCSC in that same weekend. We got Columbus next. By the way, this uh, tomorrow night will be the last home game of 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 the season on Saturday because the rest of the schedule will be on a weekday or Friday or Sunday at least. And I'm going to go to one of those games when I come down to uh, Miami in a few weeks. So it's going to be really fun to watch. And speaking of games to really fun to watch, um, how about them Dolphins? So preseason week one versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a pretty fun game to watch. It was a really, really fun game to watch. Only one quarterback for the Miami Dolphins play for us. And... Um, and I will say we didn't have we didn't play Tua we did not play Teddy Bridgewater at all we played Skylar Thompson number nineteen he threw himself two hundred eighteen yards um, with uh, twenty catches twenty eight um, attempted um, with one touchdown pass which was to uh, Bowen uh, Bowden Jr. who had three receptions with 55 yards, and one of them was a touchdown. So, Oscar, that game was 26-24. Um, there was a moment where um, Mike McDaniel was ready to tackle one of the Buccaneers players, which is pretty funny. But um, <clears throat> Jason Sanders still spot on with the field goals. Um, and one of, them, one of the other touchdowns happened – was a fumble recovery for Iguavian to um, have a 32-yard fumble return, and it was a nice, it was nice, um, nice recovery. Even without Brian Flores, this defense is still very, very good. And you know, last week's conversation with Jeremiah, hey, maybe. Uh, maybe the defensive coordinator is more of a mastermind than Brian Flores. Who knows? We'll have to see in the regular season. It's the regular season that really counts. And, you know, not to, not to many as right now, but looking really good. Um, Tua game picked off a bunch of times uh, in the practice. Uh, well, not a bunch of times, but uh, the defense is actually uh, on point with Tua. Um, to pick off Tua. Um, but, you know, looking good for the defense. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of accuracy, 
he can still throw the ball as spot on as he can to attack of Iloya. Um, when it comes to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Jade Edmonds, Mike Gusecki, you can count on them to catch a ball. You certainly cannot you certainly cannot count on Jake Paul for catching a ball. Um anyway, moving on from football just a little bit. We have something to talk about. Finally, um, we can finally say we can finally plan out a trip, to say the least, for the Miami Heat. The schedule has been released. So our opener, our first game is against the Chicago Bulls. And I believe it is at home. Yes, it is at home on October 19th, which is a Wednesday. Miami has the full advantage, but the free agency is not done yet. We're still trying to make a trade. And you know what? Donovan Mitchell might win this trade. I think we're I think we're going after towards Donovan Mitchell. I think we're gonna move on from Kevin Durant. Um, because considering there's a possible chance he might stay with Brooklyn. But anyway, after the Chicago Bowl game, two days later, we have the game against the Boston Celtics. And you know what? That game is at home on ESPN National Television. You know us Heat fans like myself, and I especially hope yourself as well. We are going to be all bloodthirsty for that game. Not only against the Celtics, but also the referees who made some robbery calls against us. And really... The entire um, the entire season they've been trying to screw us, but yeah, we have the the Celtics on ESPN on Friday, October twenty first, and after that we got the Toronto Raptors a day after. Um, there's something cool we should point out real quick about the Miami Heat schedule, is that we have a we have a lot of national television games, and that's more than I could say from what happened last season. We have 11 games on national TV, 11, six games on ESPN, four games on TNT, one game on ABC, plus 11 games on NBA TV. So, and the, when, when you shot to know, the Heat are tied with the Bulls and the Pelicans for 13th most national televised games. Behind the Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, Denver Nuggets, the New York Knicks, shockingly, and Brooklyn Nets. 13th tie with most national televised games with the Chicago Bulls and New Orleans Pelicans. Those 11 games, none of them are on Christmas. That is the, that's what Heat fans are really upset about. You can beat the best teams in the East. Hell, you can even knock out one of the playoff teams out of the playoffs. And you still do not earn your way to the Christmas game. Yet the team that we eliminated, they made the Christmas game. I think there's two teams that we eliminated are on Christmas, the Hawks and the Sixers. I know the Sixers are on Christmas. I know for sure. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure if uh, the Atlanta Hawks are on Christmas Day. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to check out right now as we speak. Let's see. So we got the Sixers going against the Knicks on 12 o'clock on, on Christmas. Lakers and Mavericks, uh, 2:30. Bucks and Celtics. Grizzlies, Warriors, and Suns and Nuggets. No, my point here is we. He finished to argue that we should have definitely made the Christmas game. However, the only argument I could say about this, unless if there was a a situation where we could flex to the West Coast, there is no way the NBA would conflict the Miami Dolphins game, which is on Christmas Day, which they are playing against the Green Bay Packers that day on um, national television. I think it's on Fox. I'm not too sure, but I think it's on Fox. I know the game is against the Packers, and I know the game is at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, that's that's my only theory I have regarding the heat not going on the national television on Christmas. Otherwise, it just makes no sense. If they're playing, if they're playing on the West Coast, by all means, you know, I would love to have a, a Christmas day. I haven't had one in like two years, but we also have an early West Coast trip against uh, the Warriors, which is nice. Get that over with. Um, but the, another thing we should talk about with the Heat schedule is this. This is credit to Ira Winderman. The Heat Dolphins play the same day twice, November 27th, Heat at Atlanta Hawks, Dolphins home versus Houston. January 8th, Heat home versus Brooklyn. Dolphins home versus Jets. So it's Miami versus New York and on the same day, January 8th. That's pretty unique, January 8th. So Miami versus New York that day. Heat versus <clears throat> Heat and University of Miami football play the same day three times. And the Heat and Panthers play on the same day 35 times. Ten of those games are both at home. That is it for that. Um, the Hurricanes um, also made a another commitment regarding the the UM, but <clears throat> it's getting closer. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited for football. We got the Dolphins looking really sharp in the preseason. We got the Hurricanes looking bright as ever. Um, we are just so. So excited for football, even for even um even other sports too. You know, I could say I'm not just gonna say South Florida sports, the whole state of Florida, Miami Hurricanes. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go back to the FL teams, college football preseason rankings. Number one is the Miami Hurricanes. Number two is the Florida Gators. Number three, Florida State Seminoles. Number four, Central Florida Knights. Five is South Florida Bulls. Number six is Florida Atlantic Owls. And seven is Florida National Panthers. I tell you this preseason poll because <clears throat> there will be a couple of Florida matchups. One of them in particular I want to bring your attention to is the Florida Atlantic Owls versus the Central Florida Knights. Um, they are playing in Boca Raton the weekend of September 17th. I tell you this because there's been a poll, a little bit of discussion of, you know, which team is which. 
um, because number six is the FAU Owls. Uh, UCF is ranked four. If there's any big game to watch regarding the South Florida, uh, Florida versus Florida sports, FAU versus um, US, um, USF. FAU versus UCF. Um, so that's the game to keep in mind. FAU has a lot to prove. If they can beat someone like UCF, University of Central Florida Knights, they could go up on the Florida ranking. I'm only saying this because there could be a chance FAU could beat UCF, but that's unlikely. It's a little bit of doubtful, but it's a fun match to watch. <clears throat> and um, and everything else, FIU, yeah, I don't know about FIU. The thing is with FIU, they're so, they're kind of inconsistent. Um, I think the one good year they really had was like back in 2019 when they actually beat the Hurricanes, which is like, you know, that coach who shall not be named deserved to go after that game. Um, but <clears throat> everything else, I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for football. I have not been this pumped about football in a few months. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it for this episode of Hi, Heena 305, episode 10. Um, really not much news regarding the Florida Panthers other than preseason is almost here, about a month or so. Um, Marlins, of course. Um, funny with the Marlins, they um, actually won a series against San Diego Padres. And right now, as we speak, they are playing against the Los Angeles Dodgers all the way out on the West Coast. Uh, zero, zero tie. <coughs> Um, last week and last couple of weeks, we have such winnable games that we still couldn't capitalize. The frustration with the Marlins about the inconsistencies that they can win games. If they can beat the Padres, hell, if they even, not, not swept, but if they can win the series against the Dodgers, my question to the Marlins is, where was this when they played against the Reds? Where was this when they played against um, the Pirates? You know, to get credit where credit is due with the Pirates, they have won a series, but that should have been a sweepable series. It should have been a sweepable series. Where was this when they played against the Diamondbacks? Where was this when they played against the Rockies? Where was this when they played against the Cubs? We'll never know because. The inconsistency with the Miami Marlins is so unreal. It's all ballistically bad. Um, hopefully by next season, we have a scenario where the front office actually does something or Bruce Sherman has got to go. No, I don't think Jake Paul made things any better for the Miami Marlins. I don't care if he had some batting, um, some batting swings, who, by the way, he misses a lot of those. Um, I think he should not play for the Marlins. I, should, I think he should go back to ruin someone else's life with a dance video. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for Hi-E 305 episode 10. Episode 11 is in a couple of days, and episode 12 will be a big one. Tune in for that. Um, and yeah, folks, Miami TVG, that's my name. 
FL teams, um, we have your back. And what we do, we'll be right there with you for the entertainment you deserve. Good night, everybody. Have a good night and have a good weekend.